This is News Channel 4 at 11. Vinny the Chin Gigante. He's said to be one of the most powerful mobsters in America. His lawyers say he's insane, but tonight it appears Gigante will finally be brought to justice. It's Crazy Eddie's greatest stereo sale ever. Get anything and everything in stereo equipment. Get it all now during Crazy Eddie's greatest stereo sale ever. Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane. Hey kids, it's time for counting with Bruce Springsteen. used to having more than one person in there. One more word out of you and you go. Is that clear? Yes, sir. I take, well, I take directions from one person under protest, but from two I don't sit still. But who the hell are you anyway? No, I'm the engineer. Well, why the hell are you asking me for another one? Well, I thought there was a slight bump, and I would like, just like we say. Jesus. What is a gonk? Do you mind telling me what that is? A bang from outside. A bang from outside. Hello, I'm Corey Feldman. Did you know that crack cocaine has become a national concern? This drug is an epidemic sweeping across the country. Crack cocaine is knocking on the doors in many communities, and I'm concerned about the effect it's having in our society. Please, lend a helping hand by joining me and others in the fight to get crack cocaine off the streets. Even with Patrick Swayze, you know, the, you know, rest his soul, you know, we had, we had issues and we, 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 were do, we were about to duke it out. We were about to fisty cuff each other. Dude. It's like, come on, man, come on. You were going to punch out Roadhouse. And we're dressed like chicks. Yeah, that's right. We were two on food, right? That's what's ridiculous about it. It's two on food. We're going to fight. It was like, you know, it was like crazy early in the morning. Yeah. We were both into character so much we were actually PMSing at the same time, I guess. <laughs> that line right off the bat. Mm-mm. Watermelon? Oh, you haven't seen the movie. What movie? And yet I'm still talking to you. What's wrong with me? I don't know. What movie? 
what is one of the classics of American cinema from circa 1980? Five, six, seven? Pretty in Pink? No, that was earlier. Patrick Swayze. Oh. Oh. Dirty Dancing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't see that one. One of the ghost, though. Seriously, one of the best lines ever. Just this, because it's this family back in the 60s, and you go on summer vacation to these places. They went to Kellerman's. The father was a doctor. The mom was a homemaker. They, The father had known the owner forever. They'd been going, blah, blah, blah. And baby is supposed to be 16. She sees Patrick Swayze dancing. She's at this thing, and, of course, instant mad crush. And then... Mm-hmm. She's out frolicking about and runs into a younger employee who is there, and he's trying to gather up a bunch of stuff to take to the cabins where the staff all stay. But no guests are supposed to go up there. He's trying to juggle all this stuff, and she's like, here, I'll help. Hands her a watermelon, and they're talking on the way, and it turns out Johnny Castle is Patrick Swayze's name in the movie. Okay. And Johnny is this younger kid's cousin. Oh, well. And they get up there and all the staff, they're dancing in there, dirty dancing and all this stuff. And it's this hot place and they've got their beers and all this stuff's going on. And uh, so he sees the cousin and he kind of does this little hop dance thing over. He's like, hey. And he looks down and he's like, what's she doing here? Do you bring her? I carried a watermelon. So that's the first thing she actually says to him. Nice. I carried watermelon. And the rest is history. Isn't it? You know, Ghost, the scene where, I guess it's the scene where Patrick Swayze gets killed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was like in a, an alley. They're walking down the street. That was right in front of my bookstore. It was years before. And it, when it was actually a crack, basically a crack uh, alley, if you watch Ghost again, the scene where he gets killed, it's like next door to uh, my bookstore. Is it marked on it the was. street by something? Um, I couldn't tell. Well, it's, the street is Crosby Street, so it's possible that there's a... Oh, you mean as a historical... No. Nobody yes. Cares. Nobody cares. What? <laughs> Sorry, but... People care... Just say, I don't care. I, well, okay. Say it. People in, people in Soho don't care enough to, okay. to erect a monument. To, it didn't uh, have to be a monument. I mean, like, in the concrete, like the squares in front of the Chinese theater, something. Right. No, you just never would, you never would know. That's the great thing about New York is you never, there's so much activity always happening that you never have any idea what just happened in the space that you're occupying. If you're walking down the street, for instance, the, somebody might have committed suicide there five days ago. You'll never know. One of the grossest things that happened, and it was terribly disrespectful. Uh, was it my freshman year college? There was a philosophy teacher whose name I won't mention. He taught philosophy of suicide. And he hmm. and his wife were getting divorced and she was going to move out of state and take their young son and his office was seventh floor and he jumped out and you know the end result Mm. and i don't know who thought that they were being funny but people started drawing chalk lines Hmm. and one he had slightly dismembered and it was during football season so of course football fans go across the campus the building is very near the stadium it's kind of like stadium, here's a break, and that's one of the first buildings. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. People thought, oh, the irony, he teaches philosophy of suicide, then he killed himself. And it's like, yeah, still not funny. I guess I would trust his opinion. Pretty sure he didn't think it was funny. A few years back, there was a suicide out a block from where I work, and it was a woman jumped out of a window. She was, it was in a psychiatrist's office, and she, I think it was only like four 
four stories maybe, which is plenty, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. But she apparently, there was a, another person in the waiting room who said that she just was sitting there calmly, got up, didn't say a word, walked over to the window, opened up the window, and jumped out. And it was, it just happened so fast, no warning whatsoever. Wow. Yeah, and uh, oh my, it was just, they would covered her body with a sheet, and it was there all day. I don't know why it was there. It was there for probably six, seven hours. I guess they were trying to get oh, ballistics or whatever on uh, angles of uh, whatever. But then it was gone. Then she was finally body away, and I left work maybe an hour later, and I walked by the exact spot where her body was, and I just I thought nobody has any idea. People are walking back and forth, left and right, over this the spot, and they have no idea that there was a corpse oh, here an cool. hour ago. Yeah, but that's you know that's the weird thing about New York. All kinds of <laughs> you can die, nobody cares. Yeah, it could be death around any corner, frankly. Did you get that you know, reservation for our table at lunch? For lunch? Yeah, great. Okay. I'm sorry, what'd you say happened here? Nothing? Okay, good. I'm more interested in, in like, oh, Charlie Chaplin walked here. The very steps I'm taking right now, Charlie Chaplin took. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing interests me. That's Francis Tavern. But, New in, but York. In, New, in New York, no matter where you are, you know John Lennon walked here. But uh, Francis Tavern, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton. I had my hands on the table where they sat. I walked across the floorboards. Now, granted, a few people have walked over them in the interim, but to be looking at the same ceilings that they were. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, There's a place, uh, Cooper Union, which is uh, downtown New York, where uh, I guess Lincoln made his very famous speech there. So they, Lincoln they made have, a big speech? I think About he what? made a big, uh, I don't know, something. Okay. Minimum wage, probably. Uh, oh, are you? And there's also uh, uh, McSorley's Tavern is one of those taverns that didn't let women in until they had to, like in the 70s when uh, uh, they changed the law. I swear and I just saw a story on them, a report. Could be. It's a it's a very famous um, tavern. And there's a one. chair where I guess Lincoln drank. Lincoln came in and had a probably like right after his. It's very close to Cooper Union, so probably after his or before his Cooper Union speech, he went over there and wasted one. So the chair that he sat in has been taken out of use and is now sitting in the corner and it's cordoned off with a plaque next to it. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. I have no idea if Patrick Swayze ever drank in there. Probably though. Mm. He may have. Although I think I watched the documentary kind of thing. I think he did most of his drinking at home when things started to go wrong. I didn't know. I don't really know what he He had a face. But he lost his father and who he was very, very close. Just a whole bunch of stuff kind of turned on a dime. <gasps> Did you know that's what Gregory Hines said about Mikhail Bereshnikov hmm. after they made the movie White Knights? Did you ever see? Never saw it. I know what, I know what you're talking about. I did not see it, though. Gregory Hines said about Mikhail Bereshnikov that he could stop on a dime and give you nine cents change. Could be true. I, he's a, he's I, really small. I saw him. I in, saw him dance live. Yeah. And I believe it. Yeah. He's just a tiny, tiny little guy. Well, how, no problem how, tall, how tall is SJP? How tall am I? I'm not that tall. No, how, here's, here's, how tell us, you know, call it like I know her, SJP. Who's SJP? And you call yourself a New Yorker. <laughs> Susan. Sarah. Serendipity. Sarah. Sarah. Lee knows cake. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah J. Oh, him. Yeah, okay. Her. Her. Because on, on Sex and the City for a long time, he was the Russian, the artist, and they they had a thing for a long time. And he's a little taller than her. 
I physically ran into her husband. He wasn't her husband yet. Matthew? Math- Matthew, yeah. We, we collided coming around a corner in Soho when they were shooting. I lived in, I used to live in Soho. My first apartment in New York was in Manhattan, in Soho, in a mafia neighborhood, and uh, a real, real, did, real mafia neighborhood. Did you meet Big Ange? Um, I met uh, Paul Gigante. Look him up. Uh, right, Paul Gigante was, yeah, he was the head of the... I get the confused, but there was the Gambino family and the Gotti. Family. I think he must have been the head of the Gambino family at the time. Yeah. And his, yeah, his his shtick was he was always standing trial for something, and um, his shtick was that he was crazy. He pretended to be yes. crazy. So he, right. So he wore a, a bathrobe, a ratty bathrobe, and oh, bunny yeah. slippers and stuff. Whenever he went out, he'd have to be dressed like that so they could photograph him. Mm-hmm. And one day I'm walking home and I round a corner and boom, physically run into this old man. And two guys who were standing on either side of him. And the two guys, I quickly Ooh. surmised, would have killed me if, um, <laughs> maybe if it you hadn't kind of put your hands life. out like this, hey! <laughs> hey, whoa, hey, whoa! I mean, to be honest, I didn't even know who he was. I just thought, oh, this is crazy old guy. And then literally the next day, I'm reading the New York Post, and there's a photo of him. Same ratty bathrobe, same slippers. I'm like, oh, this is, oh, okay, this, this guy, yeah. Now I get so, why those two guys looked at me. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad I, I escaped that one. Mm. Vinny, the, Vinny the Chin. Vinny the Chin Giganti. Uh, yeah. I uh, also physically ran into Spalding Gray once. So those are the three celebrities that I physically ran into while rounding a corner. Ooh, huh. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of... I don't know. You know what constitutes? Does that mean like a national celebrity, a... World-renowned celebrity. Somewhere north of Lita Powell-Drake, probably. Yes, and again, she does not like people bringing up Cartoon Corral. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, we got to have her on then. I'm going to talk about Oh, no, no. That's <clears throat> all can... I want to hear about. No, if you bring up the show that she hosted for a long time, she likes that. But mm-hmm. do not say, oh, my gosh, my friends and I used to watch Cartoon Corral all the time we were kids. Oh, yeah, it didn't go well. She probably doesn't want to hear a person saying that they watched her when they were children no I no, understand that. no I, I i from someone else who knows her no mm. she just regardless of your age just dust that one there's a compilation somebody put on on youtube it's totally going everywhere it's on all the social media now it's oh like a, yes a flash i have not her. seen it but i have heard oh it's hilarious she is uh, martin short did a character called jiminy glick which he did yes uh, it was a series and everything Basically, word on the street is he based Jiminy Glick off of Rita Powell Drake. Didn't oh. hear it from me. Yeah. And if you. <laughs> it's hey, the same kind of fawning, yet not really interested in the guest kind of interview. Certainly don't do, do your homework. You should see it. It's probably like a five minute clip. Larry King always said that. Fast cuts of. Although we did talk. Yeah, Larry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Larry was lazy, I think. I think he was just lazy. He didn't want to learn about the people. you so, got to know something about the people you talk to. Yeah, he said he didn't read their books or anything. Yeah. 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 So, it showed sometimes. On the COVID, because we haven't talked about the Here's the thing. A question for you. Mm-hmm. All those people who have said, it's not real, it's not real. Democrats are just trying to destroy the economy to destroy you know, you know who. No, then it's no worse than the flu. Why don't we shut down businesses for heart attacks and on this whole silly thing? And then all of a sudden, I'll get on social media and there'll be, and I don't want anybody to get, well, I don't want most people, 
get sick and die. But then all of a sudden, it's members of their own family. And now kind of how it went from the Chinese flu to COVID, when the orange thing got it, and then as soon as it recovered, it went back to the China flu. Now all of a sudden, these people are on social media, and it's either their family members or someone very close to them who are sick, and they're asking for all these prayers. And I don't care, I'll pray for them. Because again, I like them for other reasons. They're my friends for other reasons. But it just baffles me that it's even when someone else we both know got very sick for a very long time. And these are the kind of people who would make snide remarks on our friends posts, you know, who was updating people on her condition because we had all asked to be kept up to date. And now it's become real in their own backyard. And so now it's something. For me, conservatism is a lack of empathy, or at least a lack of empathy goes with it. And I am getting pretty sick of all these people who don't give a shit about anything until it happens to them. And then it's like, you know what? So what? Bingo! So what? Yeah, I don't care. Next. Well, you know, it, the other people in their life may have known it was real this whole time. We, you know, I don't know this. I can't even imagine the mindset. Again, I'm not in a cult, so I that goes a long way toward explaining it. But how, you know, growing up, do you think that we would have ever, like, if, if suddenly something most people were saying oh, there's, there's a flu that's really deadly and coming through, and yet the government says, oh, no, not really? I'm not even making sense here. You are. It, it depends on who you listen to. But that, I can't even imagine that being a thing. I can't even imagine there being an issue. When we were growing up, like, politi- the idea of politicizing something like that just seems so foreign if you step yes. back a little bit. I mean, everything else uh, is, but it's disease. It's absolutely obscene. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense why you would politicize it. To what end? And obviously... Uh... Do you remember in eighth grade going through, they filed everybody through what I ended up, was my English classroom. And everybody got TB tests. Mm-hmm. Put your arm out and they would rough up the inside of your arm. Yep. And then you were supposed to keep an eye on it. And then four days a week, two weeks later, everybody got checked to see if you had tuberculosis. Right. Can you imagine them trying to do that in school these days? That's that's what I mean. It's it's like there, were, there wasn't even one family back then who would have said, oh, no, no, my kid's not getting that vaccine. Well, this was right? the test. They just said, the we're test. doing it this day. Here's a slip. Have your parents find the slip and bring it back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, Mom, Dad, here's a slip. Oh, what's this? Oh, okay. Signature. Hand it to you. You brought it back and you got in line. Did you see Mike Lindell's documentary? I did not. I'm saving that for the weekend. Oh, absolutely. Perhaps I imagine that I'm going to be touched by it and I'll want to watch it again and again. And I I want to be able to binge. Well, and actually I'm going over to a friend of mine's this weekend. And we're going to just binge Netflix. And so we'll probably watch it then. You know, it would be nice with some friends. I'm not sure it's on Netflix. I'm not sure Dang where it. you get it. How do we how do we get it? Um I'm not sure. I can't tell you where I found it, but I found it for uh educational and research purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out there. It's out there. You can find it. Uh oh, but you I don't wanna need make to. I wanna make a, a oh. joke that's in really, really, really poor taste. Go ahead. See how far you get. But I'll feel gross just saying it. Okay. Deal. Just do it? Yeah. What, were you constipated and needed some help? Mm. That's what you consider an off-color joke? I didn't say off-color, gross. Oh, okay. All right. Bathroom Uh, things are gross. I'm a girl. 
Are they gross in the bathroom though? Like, what if you're in the bathroom? Can you tell? And that now you're gross? gonna keep. It's okay, t- right? That would be the one place where it's appropriate, I would think. Maybe. Do you ever like? Do dudes ever go in and tinkle? Yeah, I'll use that word. When they're on the phone with another dude. Well, first of all, guys don't tinkle. Guys, uh, whiz. One of my aunties. One of my aunties asked all of us, boys and girls. She told us to go tinkle when we were all at their house before we went to bed, which means everybody tinkles. I think well, tinkle. Well, digress. <laughs> I think didn't tinkle come from a match game or like some? I think boobs. We didn't start saying boobs until match game because you can't say you know they had to come up with a word that would, that sounded cute for what people wanted to say. Oh, she was so saying think, tinkle. She was saying tinkle before match game came on. Really? Before the seventies? Probably. Yeah. I just discovered, speaking of awful, I discovered, uh, what's it called? There's a quote-unquote Christian alternative to Netflix. Do you know about this? It's something flicks. I can't I remember what it's called. I'll, I'll figure it out. It's something, and it is, <laughs> it's for, you know, it's for people who don't want all the cursing and all, all that Netflix. Yeah. So, basically, this, this guy and his wife started this thing. It's twelve ninety nine a month, which is more than Netflix is. I think Netflix is that much now. Okay. Uh, I don't well, really know. It started as, as more than Netflix. And yeah. and it's all their own content, though. It's, Netflix it's all... used to be five. <laughs> Sorry. Right, I remember that. But it's all content they're making, they're creating for this channel. And if you think Tommy Wiseau is a bad filmmaker, uh, this guy, mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau directed The Room, the, the cult classic The Room. This is... Probably about a hundred times worse than that. And this guy makes—he's already made like 117 movies or something. He just keeps cranking them out. So low budget, so low that there's a scene that takes place in an office room, right? And they shoot it with a green screen in an oh, office room. But it's in an please. office room. But they're they shoot a green office? screen behind it. They're in an office, so they could have just shot it as is. But no, they put a green screen up in the back and they put this horrendously rendered background that looks like a 8-bit video game or something. It's oh, you have got to see. I'll put a link in the uh, show okay. notes for anybody who wants to. Anybody who's interested in this stuff, you can see trailers and stuff. There's wow. probably better odds of you watching Dirty Dancing than me watching this. Do Kirk Cameron and his wife Chelsea Noble? Oh, they have... actually show up. Believe it or not. Wait, is it Kirk Cameron? No, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing him with the other crazy 80s TV star, Willie Ames. He's involved. Oh, really? Willie Ames did a series called Bible Man in the 90s. Oh, yes! It's like super awful, super low budget. He's a, he's a costumed character, Bible yeah. Man. Well, there's a quote-unquote animated spin-off of that. And when I say quote-unquote, it, it, what I mean is it is an animation like you'd expect animation to be. It's more like something that... <laughs> It's you have to see it to believe. Yeah, it's really, really awful. Yeah, he's involved somehow. Kurt might be. I don't know. It could be. He had done some shows. He and his wife. Right. He did. Um, I saw one of them. Fireproof. Did you see that one? I, I see things. I report on them, and then you're completely off the hook. You'll never have to waste any time watching this. But, but see now, if they had shows, um, touched by an angel, mm-hmm. I love that show. And why can't it? Or Downey, who played the Roma oh, Downey. Roma Downey. He's actually married to Mark Burnett right. now. And then what was the other one later on that had Amber Tamblin? And um, the father was played by, dang it, he's such a good actor. He's on, so what's the, 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 they travel all over. And they have the blonde girl with the glasses who was there. Gibson, um, uh, Gibson was on that show and he got relieved of his duties. 
Thomas Gibson, who used to be on Dharma and Greg. Joan of Arcadia. Oh, okay. I did not see that. I do know what it is. Yes, I quite enjoyed that. There's obviously nothing wrong with religious-themed entertainment. Good TV is good TV. Bad TV is bad TV. It doesn't matter what the who the theme is, but if it's you know you find something that's really really bad, and you were just telling us what you could find. Yeah, there's I mean there's a certain these things that this guy does on these. He fancies himself an action star or a star star, I guess. So he's in basically every one of these movies, and a lot of them are what kind of just what you'd expect. But then even though he doesn't have a budget, he still makes. He made a John Wick ripoff. Oh. Yeah, so he's John Wick. Uh, I believe it's called Beckham. Beckham is called. Not to be confused with Bandit like Beckham? Uh, it is to be confused with that. that. That's what they're hoping for. Oh, that's... Exactly what they're hoping for. That's crappy. Yeah, but... <laughs> and of course, it's just everything you'd expect. You know, clumsy fight staging and horrible green screens, and it's just a lot of fun. Maybe they should uh, all just avoid green screens. Yeah, green screens... Go shoot in a park. Go shoot in a park in the morning. Very or early. Shoot in an office. I mean, you can rent an office for a day. Well, my bet is somewhere in the production, somebody involved somewhere would have had an office. Maybe Mark Burnett would have loaned them one. Well, that someone is pretty much the one guy. If you look at the credits, it's written by, directed by, edited by, starring the same guy. So he's kind of an auteur. Maybe a local church would have loaned them a spot. Oh, another uh, doc that I saw that I want to recommend is, do you know who Great Palace is? So Greg Palast is a an investigative reporter who does election fraud stories. He followed Georgia really closely. He's been doing this since like 2000. The uh, documentary is called The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, and it's mostly about Georgia. All the nonsense that um, yeah that they, they tried to pull in throwing voters out en masse. It's really oh, yeah. illuminating. Yeah, really an illuminating documentary. So yeah, that was purging. Purging the voter rolls and discovering that two-thirds of them should not have been purged. But you don't discover you're purged, that you've been purged until you go to vote, and you cannot register on on that day. Huh? Exactly. Have yeah. fun, folks. And it was so, I think it was oh my, like 660,000 or something like that. Yes, and of course it was so. racially biased. Well, of course, absolutely. They, well. they, they, they uh, go through a list of names um, and... The idea was to flag people who were voting twice, okay, which they're pretending is a problem. Oh, yeah. If you actually could do that. So what they were doing was they were flagging people who had the same last name and the same first name, or at least similar first name. And they would consider, yeah, even in different states. So if somebody voted, let's say, let's say uh, Leon Jackson votes in Tennessee, then there's a Leon T. Jackson in Alabama, they match wow. those two names up and they say, same person, and they throw them both out. Why do they choose Jackson? Because it has an uh, ethnic sound. I wonder. Washington, yeah. Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Guzman. That, those names tend to be uh, thrown out Yeah. with a lot more uh, regularity, that, yes, frequency. Yes, exactly. So. If you want to get really angry about all this, then watch that documentary. Or if you're already angry, watch the documentary because it will make you at least realize you're not crazy. This is happening. It's- we'll give you some actual reference to it, some some more of the story, the real meat of the story. It's a good double bill with Mike Lindell's Absolute oh. Proof documentary. Oh. 
which has a title that's every bit as accurate as Finding Bigfoot. <laughs> because there's... It, I don't it, know it, what it, season they're in. I turned... I was channel surfing the other day, and it was one of the Finding Bigfoot series. Season one, episode eight or nine, whatever. How many seasons? How long are you going to try and drag this out? Does he exist? Probably. Are you ever going to find him? As we all agreed, no. No. Seven seasons. Seven full seasons. Oh. Yeah. Heaven help us. The, the Lindell doc, though, is is mind-numbing. He had a successful business. Why didn't you just keep his mouth shut? He's a crackhead. Ex-crackhead, which I think implies that he didn't always have the best judgment. Ugh. Yeah. It, but it's... It's like watching a bizarro version of the real world. And again, I, I keep I've said this before, but if your diet is only Fox News or is only that narrative, then you almost can't be blamed for believing this because that is the story that is being presented and it's being presented with authority and... By a guy who can't even tuck in his shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... uh. He's top-notch. He is top-notch. He's top... Well, for a while. He's... Because he's part of that lawsuit. Isn't he part of the Dominion or the uh, other one? Ah, uh, I think they nice. named him. Smart yeah. Tech. Well, I think I think Smart Tech named him as a... Well, good. Defender. Yeah, so good for him. So... All the free pillows and sheets and mattress toppers you want. Guess I don't have any money, well... Call now. But I, but I have pillows and sheets... Giza cot, whatever that means. Is that what he says? Yeah, Giza. Isn't that a pyramid? You're thinking of Cairo. Is that over no. in Cairo, Egypt? No, there's the Giza pyramids. All right, I got one more thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you saw the Super Spreader Bowl last week down in uh, Tampa. I did. 25,000 25, in attendance. Hello. I didn't watch it, but uh, I did see this later, the Springsteen Jeep commercial. Did you see that? Here's the thing. I was also reading a book at the same time, so I saw it. Did I hear it? No, the thing that caught me most was there had been spring scene sightings in the area mm-hmm. where people thought. And so that was the big, a big kind of thing. Was he here? Was he not? And then when the commercial came on, it was, yeah, he really was here. And the house, the porch with the flag that they showed belongs to a friend of mine's friends. So all I know is it was something about unity. and Yeah, well, it's uh, I mean, first of all, it's a Jeep commercial. So they're trying to sell a car. But yeah. the we don't know that till the end when they just say Jeep. But yeah, it's, it's something that I guess Springsteen wrote. He speaks over images of him, uh, images of small town America, and specifically this one small town in Kansas that's the geographical center of the country. Yes. And, the, and I guess all we need right now is to meet in the middle a little bit. And me, I I believe Bruce Springsteen is one of my musical heroes. I would say. I mean, as far as a guy who has. I think been honest his whole entire career and he's certainly never had any sex scandals or weird nonsense going on. He did cheat on his first wife with his second wife. Okay. But I that's, think people recognized thing. people recognized that the second wife actually a far better fit. Right. That's that's so. for me that's a personal thing too, and then I, I don't I'm not here to no. be Well judged, you said no, you did just said he didn't have any scandal. Okay, you're right. That's a close that's as close to a scandal as he's and I'm sure his his heart's in the right place. And, I, and a vague message of unity is a good message in general. But what we're talking about here is there's no meeting in the middle. There's no meeting in the middle between people who advocate genocide and people who don't. There just isn't. Nope. So. Are you sitting I, down? I am. I think we may have just agreed on something. Uh-oh. Let me, let me time stamp it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Promote the hell out of that. 
Uh, uh, what were we saying earlier about the Earth world ending? Well, the only uh, you know the only downside to Springsteen though is that I found out today that he had he had a DWI in November, which they didn't tell us about until now. Last year. Yeah, for some reason it didn't go public until now. Back to the commercial though, it is I, I'm with you, well intended, but it it gets to be one of those things where each side or different groups well if they would compromise why won't they come more towards me why as opposed to neither person or neither group seems to think that they should have to budge very far it's the other person the other group i was i was just reading and i come from that don bacon who represents the western part of the state lives up to his name was there's an article in the paper the other day how he's yes oh for unity for unity if if the Democrats would just consider what we're proposing, if they would just, you know, lean more towards the offers that we've put out, it was never, okay, maybe we should give a little bit. It's the dishonest people who are asking for unity. Yep. Accountability first, and then unity. Now our time with you is through. Hope we made a friend or two. But for now we'll have to say goodbye. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July, peas grow there. Do you really mean that? Uh, yes, yeah, so in other words, I'd start half a second late. Don't you think you really want to say July over the snow? Isn't that the fun of it? It's, it, if you make it almost when that shot disappears, it'll make my... I think it's so nice that, that you see a snow-covered field and say every July peas grow there. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July peas grow there. We aren't even in the fields, you see. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about them growing and she's picked them. Yeah. <clears throat> what? I don't understand you, then. When must, what must be over for July? Um, when we get out of that snowy field. Well, I was out. We were onto a can of peas, a big dish of peas, when I said in July. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, always. I'm always past that. You are? Yes. Well, that's about where I say in July. So you emphasize a bit in, in July. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Sorry. There's no known way of saying an English sentence in which you begin a sentence with in and emphasize it. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. That's just idiotic if you'll forgive me by saying so. That's just stupid. In July. I'd love to know how you emphasize in and in July. Impossible. Meaningless. I think all they were thinking about was that they didn't want to... He isn't thinking... Wilson, tell me just one last Yeah. Point. It was my fault. I, should, I said in July. If you can leave every July. You didn't say it. He said it. Your friend. Every July? No, you don't really mean every July. But that's a that's bad copy. It's in July. Of course it's every July. There's too much directing around here.